Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and however you may be listening. You are tuned in to the Flow Screening. As always, I am Nicholas. And I'm Zach. And we got a special one for you today, folks. Special day. This is, thank you for that. <laughs> this is the 75th episode extravaganza. Um, if you count uh, throughout all our seasons uh, in chronological order, this is our legacy number 75th episode. And uh, we thought we'd do it a little bit different today. We're going to be going through Oscar nominations. Uh, we'll just be shooting the you-know-what, just talking movies, talking pop culture. Uh, we actually don't quite know where this one's going, but we'll find out by the end. But before we get to all that, the question on my mind, everyone's minds, audiences around the world, Zachary, what you been watching? Um, last night, I sat my took us down. I love that phrase, sat my took us down. And Abigail and I watched 2023's comedy musical extravaganza starring beloved character actor Timothy Chalamet, Wonka. So you know how I feel about Wonka. I, I talked can you, about can this. You, can you refresh my memory? Didn't like it. Did okay. not like it at all. The thing is, I, get, I went into the movie with expectation that the movie was going to be, my, my rating was going to fall between a 3.1 and a 4.8. That was my range. Yeah. And I came out of it 6.8. Yeah. That's kind of where I fell. I was in the five to six. I thought this the song. Most of the songs were pretty fun. Fun. Yeah, I know um, that. I do think the plot is is a little weird. I'm telling you, for a what, Willy Wonka movie, like this story threw me off. It why are we the, making the the whimsical chocolate maker an indentured servant for the entire film? I had no like. I understand wanting to subvert audience expectations. Like I'm totally fine with that. Like I live and die by that. But the plot, the story, that was not it. That you're was the a wrong story to tell. You're a government teacher. What is it called when corporations run the government? Like a monopoly? Is that what you're saying? Is that what the term is? Isn't it like an oligopoly? Oh, yeah. When a small... Yes. No, that's exactly what was going on. So we, got an, a, we have a, an oligopoly. a complex government institutions that kids have no idea about. Yeah. Like the significance of what that actually would mean for that people living in Wonka land or whatever this place is. Yeah. Um I don't know. I thought I thought Timothy Chalamet was actually pretty charming. Yeah, he was fine. And I him no with, with, with Noodle was pretty yeah. was a pretty okay storyline. Yeah, I, like, I don't understand the in recent years the constant like narrative trope of putting like an adult male with a young girl. Yeah. That is it's like infatuation or a baby, a we got this. I mean the last of us, the Mandalorian um logan yeah just to name a few but it's just something that always comes it comes around it is no i i'm with you like i i was fine with the songs themselves i thought the acting was was great all across the board but the story was just not and uh, can i ask you this when's the last time you'd seen any of the Willy Wonka's, like the OG with Gene or the johnny depp years i think i've only seen the johnny depp version like twice i was never a fan of that one yeah like I, it seems like there was like I I couldn't remember like the callbacks so things that would happen that seemed like they were supposed to be like a winking or not I didn't know if they were supposed to be I don't know maybe I just went in with the wrong attitude that film is not for me yeah I I don't know 
it's just one of those films where you watch it and you're like, I don't need to know that Willy Wonka's mother died of cancer or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't need to know why there's a golden ticket in the chocolate bar. I, I think just what it is, is like, I was expecting to learn about Wonka and I came out knowing really nothing new about the character of Willy yeah. Wonka. And like, I wanted to know more about the Oompa Loompas. Right. And it's like, they don't even, besides the little, little orange man. I think I'm his, more confused with the, so with the Oompa I guess Loompas. he hired him and he's going to go back and be like, well, I have a guy that will pay us in chocolate and all we have to do is operate a factory. But that guy was like ostracized. So I don't, yeah. I, it, again, I'm more confused with the Oompa Loompas. Maybe, but... we're getting a, maybe we're getting a sequel where he goes to Oompa Loompa land. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a, a Wonka trilogy. I will say the film is doing very well financially. So I think you're right there. Uh, did Abigail enjoy it? She thought it was kind of creepy. Creepy, really? Yeah. Also, yeah. I, 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 I'm not really a huge fan of it being in like a fictional city where like yeah. half the people speak in British accents and half of them speak in like American accents. Sure. And it's like this city, definitely not the same vibe I was getting from the original Wonka. No. So this is, I think I think we've just created a Wonka multiverse. Well, this is a completely different Wonka than the than the ones we've known before. Maybe in a couple of years we'll get a, a Wonka Far From Home where it's all you know, all the versions and all the Oompa Loompas and everything. Well Gene Wilder's dead, so he can't you will, uh, yeah, he I can't mean, make an appearance. That's true. Yeah, um I mean it was it was it was fun at times. I think my favorite part was because I've seen all the the goofs and gaffs and songs on TikTok. Yeah. So it was funny to see them in context to yeah. the movie. It's I, I feel like I was maybe 15 years, 10, 15 years yeah. too old for the film. The Letterboxd reviews on this movie are hilarious. Really? All of them were like, what does Kylie think of this? I bet Stormy loves this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like I, that. I did see one that had, I guess it was the image. There was a scene of the film where uh, Timothy as Wonka was like going to be drowned by the chocolate and the noodle. Mm-hmm. And af- and afterwards, like he's, uh, they escape. And uh, he's just like drenched in this chocolate. And I guess like his hair's all like messed up or whatever. And all these girls are like infatuated with this, like the, the Timothy like that's just like doused in chocolate whose like hairs all like tussled like it's just the most outrageous stuff yeah. that i've been seeing i think it's funny that he's this is his movie that's just out and then he's going to go play paul atreides in dune 2 in well, next month actually it, i was thinking about it this was timothy's like first big like he's obviously he's done a lot of stuff and he's already a well renowned actor but this was his first big lead movie right besides dune i guess i mean dune obviously counts i guess in a certain way but all the other films he never I mean, really was been, like a, I, I would say this is his first like blockbuster maybe that's the right word i was looking because he's i mean he's been leading in a lot of stuff yeah that's fair yeah this is like his first like big budget big studio i'm the leading man and there's not like an ensemble cast around me yeah like mainstream i'll say mainstream hollywood yeah I, I, out of all the things I've besides seen, dune I mean, yeah this is maybe my least favorite thing, least favorite project of his. But again, I, I think that's just pieces. My favorite Timothy Chalamet movie is Interstellar. <laughs> I mean, hey, 
I love how in that movie they just completely the guy I remember the Matthew McConaughey's character just never talks about his son ever again after he leaves it's all about Murph not really yeah I think (laughs) I think there's like a message that Timothy gives him at some point yeah yeah, Casey Affleck sends him like one message yeah I got the farm dad you know they say dads and daughters and they always favor the daughters yeah anyway all right well um you watched anything else that's all I got did you watch anything no nothing at all no i just i just <laughs> knew from from our attitude today you hadn't watched anything i hadn't watched it i've been too busy um so we got some poll responses to get through pulled some of my favorites um what was your what was the scariest movie you've ever seen that was the the poll today not the poll the q a so uh nicholas can i get your response i know you're not a big scary movie guy no i think uh i got two responses one uh would be my real answer is, is Midsummer. It was probably the scariest movie that I've seen, just because I haven't seen a lot of scary films. That one, even from the beginning, like the the opener where the sister, Bella's mm-hmm. sister, uh, they killed her parents mm-hmm. through like, monoxide poisoning. Anyway, like that got me from the jump. Uh, I've got, I've got a thing for like burning alive. So there's a scene at the end where people are burning alive and. It's, it's just a freaky film. It's unsettling more than it is scary, but I'll count it. So Midsummer is my real answer. My offbeat answer, probably the scaredest I've ever been in a film. It's going to sound so weird, but it's Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. Uh, <laughs> when I was a kid and I saw Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, the end of that film where Padme is dying in childbirth and Anakin is like, again, I got to thank for burning alive, like literally like burning and in such pain. Like, the fact that those scenes kept alternating, and as a kid, first of all, I didn't know what dying in childbirth was. Like, to me, that um, Actually, concept... the, the scenes alternate when he's being constructed in the Darth Vader, not when he's well, burning alive. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that, that's okay. what I meant. Uh, okay, I, I meant. just... The, the uh, internet trolls will come after us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll let us have it. So, like, my little, like... Because what? We're... I'm eight when Revenge of the Sith mm-hmm. comes out. I have no idea that chi- dying in childbirth is a thing. So, I'm like, what is happening? This is freaking me out. And then... The fact that Anakin, like, I, I just didn't like the grotesque, like, burns. Like, again, I, yeah. that freaked me out. So, uh, to me, Revenge of the Sith was the scariest film I've ever seen just because of who I was at the time, right? A little boy. But Midsummer's my real answer. Yeah. Um, tangent on Revenge of the Sith. Why, why did they have her lose the will to live when they could have just said she died in childbirth? Yeah. That's just I, classic George Lucas overwriting. Yeah. And then, I mean, in the prequel trilogy, he had no one to rein him back in. The, she the simply lost the will to live. I'd say, what? What are you talking about? I mean, I guess it like, fits hey, thematically with the idea that you're bro- you're brokenhearted from Anakin's turn to the dark yeah, side. Yeah, I, I know, but like, I know. Just I say see. Anakin killed her. That's such a better like thematic like motif for his turn to the dark side is that he killed his lover. I agree. Because his rage that's been building for the last three movies couldn't be contained. Speaking facts. Anyway, um, I would say mine is another Ari Aster movie. Would be Hereditary. Yeah, Man, I'll stay far never, away from that. I'll never forget being in the theater. My back was just sweating. The like my seat was just drenched in sweat. Um, I would say at the time, like Insidious, not Insidious, uh, Sinister was another one. I think still holds up pretty well. It's some some very shocking scenes in that one. Yeah. Um, but our listeners. Not big fans of horror movies. This is this was a bad question. 
Um, I guess we forced them to watch The Exorcist, and they said, that's it for us. They went, they went um, so I'll, I'll point out, your brother said, I don't watch horror movies, but the most recent one I watched was Pet Cemetery, which is uh, not not scary at all. So if that, <laughs> if that scared him, he needs to stay away. Um, another another person that we know that doesn't watch horror movies just said insidious or um sinister and then we got people that said the babadook yeah i saw that, that one, one in high school uh which i I'm, i didn't think it was scary i thought it was i don't think it was that scary um we got ring or ringu the japanese version not the not the u.s version never heard of it you never heard of the ring the ring uh-uh. Yeah. Where you watch the you watch the the video, and then you get the phone call that says you're gonna die in seven days. No. And then the little creepy girl from the well crawls out of the TV and kills you. Ew. Don't like that. Have you never heard of the Ring? I don't know. I just never heard of the Ring. I stay away from scary films. But anyway, the Ring is a, a remake of a Japanese one called Ringo of the same. Okay. Yeah, there's a there's a big trend in horror where we would they would uh, remake Japanese horror like The Grudge, uh, Ringu. It's a lot of like uh, I forgot the name. It's Japanese horror where there's people that have been murdered or wrongly killed, and then their their spirit is trapped and they're angry and they're getting revenge on anybody, and then yeah. it's up to the protagonist to sort of move their spirit on to another realm so yeah someone said that and then someone also said the witch which is a very uh different sort of horror movie slow burn yeah more fear of the unknown than fear of anything in the film um and then they also said in a different sense come and see was a horrific film which the horrors of war which certainly certainly scary and then that's all we had and our poll for the day split evenly 50-50 on if the exorcist is better than Lahan. Get out of here. Um, I think it shouldn't be that close. Never should be that close. Never. I think we made the right decision. I think we did. Obviously, Lahan is definitely one that should move on. That's so interesting that we have uh, the audience members who responded to the Q&A uh, weren't big horror fans. However, The Exorcist is neck and neck with Lahan. Yeah, they're idiots. No, <laughs> I will say I had, uh, but two honorable mentions. I had. I had Parasite was one that was again more of a suspense, but it's, it spooked me at times. I'll never forget. By the way, the the one shot of like the darkness and you just see the eyes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that freaked me out. Oh yeah, we also got one that is a. Uh... They said not strictly a horror film, but the most unsettling movie they've ever watched is The House That Jack Built, which okay. I've I've heard things about it. I've never watched it. Yeah, I haven't either. Yeah, that one, Parasite, um, for sure, got me. And then the other one, one which we've covered, actually, as part of our way up the, the IMDb 250 list was Par- uh, Parasite, uh, Persona. I remember mm, I told you when we did that, yeah, that you film, were, I was You were sweating that one out. <laughs> to move from my couch like i i thought i was gonna have to turn on the light when i was watching that film well yeah that was that was good i i'm sorry that our audiences don't like horror films but whatever 
Um, do you have your question ready or do you need some? I do. Yes, I've got oh, it ready. Perfect. Uh, so question of the week is this. What is your favorite movie character? So not mm. an actor, not an actress. It could be based off of, you know, like I, I love biopics, documentaries. It could be an actual character that was portrayed by somebody. It could be a fictional character, non-fictional, doesn't but, matter. Who's your favorite movie character? And I'm, I'm going I'm to tighten it in. It can't. Let's just stick to movies. So yeah. I'm going to say my favorite fictional character is Spider-Man. Yeah. But he's not my favorite movie character. I think uh, I'm yeah. hot take of the hot take of the week. I think no movie has done Spider-Man correctly. Peter Parker. Correct. Never been done. Correct. Toby well, Maguire's was great. probably the, the closest that we've ever gotten to Peter Parker. Um, but I, yeah, that's an that interesting question. I'm, su- I'm surprised we haven't, we haven't found that one before. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about that throughout the week and I was like, it, it seemed too simple. It seemed too easy. But I was like, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm curious. I, more so than like my own thoughts. I'm curious what audiences will, will respond. So what's your favorite character? Perfect. All right. We're going to take a quick little break and then dive back into our Oscar nomination reactions and predictions. Welcome back. Uh, thank you for listening to that wonderful intro music. And we're back with the Oscar nomination list. Um, I've got the list pulled up. You got the list pulled up too, probably. I sure do. So uh, are you on the Oscar website? Yes. So you, your first one is actor in a leading role? Correct. Um, you want to just go just down the list one, yeah, one do, by one? Do you want to do where we did it last year, where we alternate every category? Yeah. Okay, so uh, I'll start here. Actor in a leading role, our nominees include Bradley Cooper from Maestro, Coleman Domingo from Rustin, Paul Giamatti from The Holdovers, Killian Murphy from Oppenheimer, and Jeffrey Wright from American Fiction. No, I'm going to say, I have only seen two of these movies. Yeah, this, this is going to be tough for me. This is a year I really struggled to watch a lot of these films that were nominated. Um, what are the two that you obviously you saw Oppenheimer what was the other one I saw the holdovers I've never yeah. heard of I've never heard of Rustin I hadn't either my show just um, didn't interest me I thought it was just like super big Oscar bait so I heard that that's kind of what it was uh, I, I did not because like see it. it was very well you received. get the you get the story of like oh uh, Bradley Cooper trained for six years to learn how to conduct an orchestra so he could replicate Bernstein's official like way he did it. It's like right. that's just a story that comes out because he wants press. Who knows yeah. if Evian did it? He might have. Well, so what's interesting is I hear that that film dipped. Like you didn't really learn anything new about Bernstein. Like nothing was really brought to light that most people hadn't already heard or seen before. So yeah, I, I, that one I'm interested in watching. Just eventually, just to be like, all right, like what. What was it all about, or what was Bradley Cooper? You know, it sort of reminds me it. of like the the marketing reminds me of how they marketed Mank. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. But I we can did. See that. I think we. I think we did both sort of, sort of care for Mank. I can't remember. I haven't seen it. Did did, did we? Did we leave? Mank. You didn't care for it. No, 
And I love yeah, Citizen I, Kane. I think and I love uh, Gary David, Oldman. I think David Fincher needs to get away from this Netflix deal that he's in because he's yeah. got he's got two average films on Netflix now. The other one anyway, I'll, I'll I, speak to is uh, Jeffrey Wright's American Fiction. I've heard speaking of marketing, you know, had, did you see the trailer for that mm-hmm. American Fiction? It's apparently, finally playing in my theater. Uh, apparently, that trailer that's like ten percent of the film. Apparently, Ooh. the film is so much more than that, and I've heard that Jeffrey Wright kills it in that role. Mm-hmm. It's it just started playing in my theater, the my local theater last week. Okay, and I haven't got around to watching it yet. Um, obviously, you can't speak on Coleman Domingo. I personally want Paul Giamatti to win. I thought he played, can't remember his character's name, but this grouchy professor in such a brilliant way. It was it was retro and modern at the same time, and I understood why he felt such coldness to the world. And when he inevitably turns the corner at the end, you're just like, man, what a character. Okay. Um, I like that. Murphy, obviously, we got Oppenheimer, plays Oppenheimer throughout, what, 40 years of his life? Yeah. Um, I do think he's the favorite. Yeah, it, se- it seems so obvious, though, and I'll be honest, I... Because he won the Golden Globe, I think. Yeah. I... You know what, let's get, let's get to the next category. Who are you, who are you picking? I have to pick Killian just because that's okay. the only one I've seen. But let, let's get to the next category. I'll speak a little bit more about Oppenheimer and, and okay. what went. All right. Next, we got actor in a supporting role with Sterling K. Brown in American Fiction, Robert De Niro in Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. in Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling in Barbie, and Mark Ruffalo in Poor Things. I'm going to see Poor Things tomorrow. Okay. I wanted to see it today. Couldn't make it happen. Um, I'll just go back up. I think. I know there's a lot of controversy with Ryan Gosling getting this nomination. Yeah. Personally, I don't think him or Margaret Robbie should have got nominated for no their performances. I no. That's a it's just a weird nomination for me. No. But I, I, I mean, if you if you followed like the entertainment show, they definitely have been campaigning him and his like performance. So I can understand why he got nominated. It's just, eh. I don't well, think it's, he's, it's deserving based off the other guys in this category. I agree. And I'll say this, like if you're, they were also fools. How, how could you include him, but not include Margo just to do that? You know what I'm saying? Like either leave them both off or put them both together. Like how could you anyway? Uh, but no, I agree. I don't, I don't believe Barbie. And we'll get to it later. I don't think it should be on the best picture list, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, me personally for this category, Robert Downey Jr. should win this. I thought Robert Downey mm-hmm. Jr. was the standout in Oppenheimer. I don't think Killian Murphy should win um, his Oscar. I think Robert Downey Jr. deserves an Oscar for his performance in Oppenheimer. So if you, don't, if you don't think he should win, who do you think should win Best Actor? Well, I don't, that's, the only film I've, that's the only one I've seen oh, from that category, okay. so I can't, I can't speak to um, any of the others. I'll vouch for Robert Downey Jr. I think he'll win. I also wouldn't be surprised if Robert De Niro makes a late push. So I thought his yeah. Did you see Killers of the Fireman? Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, we talked about it. And here's the thing with Rob, with Robert De Niro, that was one of his best roles in. I mean, how many years? Yeah, and he played like a perfect, like manipulative villain that has all the subtleties. Like I, I'd be fine if he won it. I, I think personally, though, I'm for RDJ here. He has he hasn't won an Oscar before, has he? Not to my knowledge. 
So yeah, I, I'd be fine with either of them. I'd be fine with anybody, honestly, in that wow. category. All right. Next up, actress in a leading role, a nominees. Uh, oh Lord, I'm gonna start butchering some of this. Uh, Annette Benning for is that Nyad? Yeah. Nyad. Uh, Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon. Sandra Hewler for Anatomy of a Fall. Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, and Emma Stone for Four Things. Um, I can only speak on Lily Gladstone, and I think she, she should I, win. It. I, th- I think she's a shoe in. Gotta be. This is one of those where like you just know it in your gut. Mm-hmm. But I've I've heard like great things about all of these movies and these performances. Sure. So I don't really see where they would have added Margot Robbie yeah. in because one of them would have to leave. Yeah. So I'm fine with leaving her out, obviously. Yeah, and and I'm not to make this like a trashing Barbie little segment here, but I mean, like the character Barbie is it's kind of one dimensional. She's just playing a one dimensional character the whole time. Like she has her character arc, obviously, but. It's not enough to warrant her being on that list. Mm-hmm. I I have my gripes with Barbie as a as an Oscar contender that we can surely get into. Yeah. All right. So Lily Gladstone, that's our vote. Yep. Actress in a supporting role, we got Emily Blunt, Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks in The Color Purple, America Ferreira in Barbie, Jodie Foster in Nyad, Nida, Nyad, whatever, and then Divine Joy Randolph in The Holdovers. I think she should win. She was amazing in that movie. Okay. She plays the the cafeteria worker who also stays behind at the boarding school over Christmas and basically is the one that cooks them all their meals and she hangs out with the professor that's still there and you learn that because it's set during the Vietnam War and you learn that she had a had a son who was one of the brightest kids at the school when he was there but then he elected to join the military and then was killed. Okay. And you see a lot. She has a lot of vulnerable moments as just a grieving mother. And it's just such an impactful role in performance. Defense to me. Now, can I ask you this? Of course. Just you and me. Who did Emily Blunt play? Why don't I remember Emily Blunt? His wife. I thought that was. Hmm. And then Florence Pugh was the affair. Yes. All the I was affair-y. thinking about was Florence Pugh. Okay. Yep. Emily Blunt sure was. She sure was. I just totally just lacked that out. Okay. I mean, she was fine. Yeah, she I, was fine. Yeah. I, again, for me, I've only seen Barbie and Oppenheimer. I don't think that because America Ferreira is the mom of the kid in Barbie. Yeah. I thought, I think she got nominated for that little speech she had. Yeah. Like, she fine. delivered it very well and it was a good speech. I'll, I'll make again, my vote I, your vote. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. I bet we'll go to yours. I've I heard nothing, by the way, but good things about the color purple. Um, you get a little nervous because that film obviously is such a, a big cultural touchstone for so many people, and like a remake of that seems so scary. But yeah. I've heard why, why are we why, again? Why are we doing that? Um, <clears throat> all right, next up, animated feature film: The Boy and the Heron, Elemental, Nimona, Robot Dreams, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Did you say The Boy and the Heron, or am I an idiot? Did you skip that one? Yeah. Okay, what am I talking about? I've only seen Across the Spider-Verse. So I'll vote for that one. Yeah, uh, I saw The Boy and the Heron. I actually read the graphic novel, Nimona, um, and I shame on me for not seeing it. Um, I've heard a lot of good stuff about Elemental. Um, I know Pixar, it's so easy to dog on them these days, but I've heard that one's a big win. 
probably still will give it to Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I've talked before, I my major, major gripe is that it does not feel like a complete film to me, but I was underwhelmed by The Boy and the Heron. I don't believe that Elemental, and again, I can't speak about dreams, would supersede my vote, so I'll, I'll go Across the Spider-Verse. Perfect. Um, so I think a lot of these we can just read off the movie because I don't think yeah. a lot of these people are going to know who these people are that would win these awards. So we have cinematography, El Conde. Is that how you would say that? Sure. Um, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Poor Things. You know what? I'm going to go with Poor Things on this one just purely off the trailer. Really? Oh, man. It, lo- See- it looks really like shot really well oh there's such good i mean stuff oppenheimer was shot really well too and oppenheimer man yeah this that's gonna be tough uh i don't know i really don't know i will say killers of the flower moon actually is what i'm leaning towards <laughs> okay. but oppenheimer would be a very close second all right moving on we costume can really just fly through some of these. Yeah, costume design. Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, and Four Things. Um, this is our live reaction, by the way. I haven't looked at these yet. Yeah. Um, Off the cuffs. Again, Poor Things. I I know I haven't seen it, but based off the trailer, those those costumes look eloquent and precisely designed. Uh, I'm kind of with you there based off what I've seen on the trailer. I, I, I mean, Killers of the that. Fire Moon. The thing is, it's like Killers of the Fire Moon and Napoleon are both like their costumes are just like period pieces. Yeah. So it's like they just have people wearing three piece suits and then yeah, I mean, military even, military wear. Even Oppenheimer. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I'm with you. I, I don't mind Barbie on that list either. I think that's a strong mm-hmm. contender, but I'll, I'll go with four things. All right, we go to directing, which we had another uh, Barbie snub. People thought Barbie was deserving to be on here. Yeah. Is that me? Am I, oh, is my turn? Off? I, I can't remember now. No, yeah, it's, it's my turn. We got Anatomy of a Fall, Kills of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. Where Best director. I was, was Kills of the Flower Moon on cinematography. I will give this one to Oppenheimer. Thing is, I don't know if I've seen so many people talking about the zone of interest recently. I think I'm going to give directing. I think I'm going to give it to Jonathan Glazer. Okay, the zone of interest. Yeah, because you were just talking about that last week. Yeah, I'm still wrestling with it. I think about it every day. Still, wow. I still don't know how to score it. I don't. I don't. I'm resending my seven point six. It's gone. It's for a higher score. I don't know. Interesting. It's a t- I I went back on my list and put two question marks next to it. Okay. Wow. But I will I think I do say directing was one of its strong points. All right. So that's your official vote. That's my official vote. All right. Um, documentary feature and short film. We can just read off the. You just go ahead and read off all of them, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. we can just so- skip it. For the documentary feature film, uh, Bobby Wine, The People's President, The Eternal Memory, Four Daughters, To Kill a Tiger, In 20 Days in Maripol. Documentary short film, the nominees are The ABCs of Book Banning, The Barber of Little Rock, Island in Between, The Last Repair Shop, and, oh lord, 
Nainai and Waipo. Yeah, skip. Seen, yep, seen none of them. Um, all right, now we move into film editing. We have Anatomy of a Fall, which isn't playing anywhere. It's a foreign film. I can't find it to go watch. I the Holdovers, it. Killers of the Fire Moon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things. Um, I'm going to go with Oppenheimer. I think I will, too. Just purely how they handled the, the time breakups and how it was edited together. That's and the, the switch between color. I know that's not really editing, but they made it. The editing made it the transition between color and uh, non-color. Very easy to understand. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, for international feature film, our nominees are Io Capitano, Perfect Days, Society of the Snow, The Teacher's Lounge, and The Zone of Interest. Um, I've heard Perfect Days is a fantastic film. It's finally making its way to my area in the next couple of weeks where I'm going to go see it. I um, haven't seen The Society of the Snow yet. Do you know that one? It's the Netflix one. Yeah, I do. I am familiar with it. I have not seen um, it. I don't know any of the other ones except for Zone of Interest. Usually, not always, but usually the Academy, they sort of telegraph what film is going to win international feature sure. based on which one of these is put in best picture. So on that alone, I'm going to go Zone of Interest. Zone of Interest, yeah. But uh, Hideo, uh, Mia, not Kojimo. His, he's the the game developer. His uh his film of the year was Perfect Days. Okay. It's about like a a uh like a trash worker in Tokyo. And his day, how he makes the most of his days. Okay. That's interesting. Is this me again? Yep. See, I can't, how do I can't remember? Uh <laughs> Golda? Is it Golda? Yeah, for makeup and hairstyling. Yeah, makeup and hairstyling. Golda, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Society of the Snow. The snow. I'm going to go Poor Things again, purely based on yeah. what I've seen. Maybe Maestro could win it. I feel like for costuming, makeup and hairstyle, it's pretty similar. Uh, so we'll stick with that one. Uh, for music, original score, we have American Fiction, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. I'm going Killers of the Fire Moon or Oppenheimer. Yeah, give me Killers of the Flower Moon there. All right, music original song. The Fire Inside, I'm Just Ken. It Never Went Away. Uh, I'll just say Wazazi, a song for my people in Killers of the Fire Moon. And What Was I Made For in Barbie. Um, I. St- Strictly think that I'm just Ken got nominated purely because all these songs have to perform at the Oscar. Yeah. And they wanted to watch Ryan Gosling perform. That song is stuck in my head. It's insane that it's on this list. If I'm just Ken's up there, then I don't know what we're doing by excluding Peaches. Yeah, for real. Um, and one of the Wonka songs, maybe. Yeah, honestly, I agree. Um, I'm going to go, what was I made for? Uh, okay. I, I like uh, was, was Hazi, the song for my people. <laughs> That's what I'm going right, to um, Let's skip Best Picture. Okay. I'll do that one last. 
Uh, production designer nominees, Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. Hmm. Hmm. I have no idea what I want to pick here. I'll um, your vote. Again, I'm leaning towards Killers of the Flower Moon or Oppenheimer. I'm going to give this one to Oppenheimer. Then so will I. I haven't watched any of these animated shorts or live action shorts. We have Letter to a Pig, 95, Senses, Our Uniform. We, I'm just skipping all these. I haven't seen any of them. There's no reason <laughs> yeah. to even read them out. Nope, 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 nope. Uh, for sound, our nominees are The Creator, Maestro, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1, Oppenheimer, and The Zone of Interest. Okay, my love for The Creator. As this a mid-budget science fiction movie that is not a franchise. Wants me to pick that one, but I'm going the zone of interest. You were telling me about some interesting choices that they made with sound in the zone of interest that made alone made me want to see it. So I I will piggyback off of that, even though I have not seen it. Give me that. Um, Oppenheimer though was also exquisite in its use of sound. All right, we got visual effects: the creator, Godzilla minus one, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, and Napoleon. I'm going the creator purely on its budget alone. Sure. And it looks better than every Marvel movie that's come out in the last five years. Really? I thought Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was very deserving to be on here. Okay, Guardians is one of the ones that actually looks good, but even that one had some a little rough points. It's the backgrounds. They can't get backgrounds right anymore. They used that new thing that the Mandalorian started using. That's fair. And no one can light it correctly except for the guy that works on Mandalorian. Um... I, I I love your argument for the creator. I have not seen it, so I will take your argument and apply it to Godzilla minus one based off its budget as well. And I was blown away by it. So uh, did you see the video of them reacting to their nomination? No, I didn't. Should it was I? like the team, and they're in like a studio or something, and they just all start screaming. Ah, oh, that's so exciting! I love that film, so I'm so happy for it. So my votes for Godzilla. Uh, for writing adapted screenplay, our nominees are American Fiction, Barbie. Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. Um, so for The Zone of Interest, I know they changed a lot from the adapt from the source material. So I'm not going to go that one. Um, I think they'll give it to Barbie. Just because it's not getting its flowers anywhere else. I could see that. I'm going to go Oppenheimer because I feel like Christopher Nolan gets a lot of flowers uh, for his directorial skills, but I do believe he is an extremely underrated writer, and for that film being as long and captivating as it is, I feel like that part has not been talked about near enough. Interesting. All right, we go original screenplay, Anatomy of a Fall, The Holdovers, Maestro, May, December, and Past Lives. I'm going with Past Lives. That was in my top films of the year. I've already given some of my love to the holdovers, which I would be happy if that one won, but I just loved past lives and it's not recognized anywhere else. Crazy, right? Which I think uh, Celine Song should have been nominated for best director. Yeah. Well, technically past lives is, but there's one more spot that we're about to get to quickly. But um, no, I'll with you. I'll give you the, I'll give you that one. Past lives. What do you mean past lives already is? What are you talking about? Well, for our final category, it is represented somewhere else. Oh, is it nominated uh, for Best Picture? It sure is. Oh. So as we get to our final category, Best Picture, quite a lot here. Let's break it down. Our nominees for Best Picture are American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, 
The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Four Things, and The Zone of Interest. All right, let's break this one down into who do you think is going to win and who do you want to win? Okay. Um, I think Past Lives has a strong possibility to win. Really? What makes you say that? I, I have not heard... I've, excuse me. I have not seen it myself personally. Um, but I... Every single person I talk to, every review I've seen, the discourse surrounding that film is incredible. Uh, which is why I believe that that one has a shot at winning. Um, I think it's too easy to let Oppenheimer or Killers of the Flower Moon win here, in my honest opinion. Which is also why I believe Past Lives could win. Bless you. Bless you. Excuse me. Um, I. It is, again, so sad. I've only seen a handful of these films. So in terms of what I can speak to, Oppenheimer, I guess, has my votes there. But Past Lives is what I'm hoping for. No, I'm going, I want The Holdovers. Love that movie. I want Past Lives to win. I think that it's going to be Oppenheimer. Okay, so on that, we're we're pretty much in tandem. Yeah, I I think it's going to be Oppenheimer. Yeah. Barbie should be on I think any movie that has basically a five minute Chevy ad in the middle of the movie shouldn't be up for best picture. <laughs> now, can you remind me something was, um, uh, I guess it would have been two summers ago now, maybe three, I can't remember, uh, was uh, Top Gun Maverick nominated for best picture? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So the Oscars at least will, for critically commercially successful films they will put it on there um but just like all those summers ago we did not believe top gun maverick would win it I, that's what i equate uh mm-hmm. doing with yeah. here. so at least I they get to just, acknowledge they yeah. say hey just acknowledgement know, right we on, we know this was the the phenom of the summer of the year so there's your recognition. okay the okay. thing is what was it 2022 let's see who won Best Picture? This list also seems so much longer than years past, does it not? Yeah. Because I think... Yeah. Dang. 2020 was... Because I was thinking about... I, I don't want to have another CODA situation. Because... Coda was okay. Yeah. But like looking at, they had Belfast, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. That's, looking back on it, none of these films besides Dune have stayed relevant in pop culture or like film culture. Horrible year. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, Past Lives is a much better film than Coda, but I feel like it could be situation where we get this to a lot of people a random movie wins it this year but i don't know i think oppenheimer is going to get it probably but that's it for us a nice quick 45 minute episode yeah on this special of special episodes the 75th episode um 
So yeah, uh, next week we'll be back with our normally scheduled program, which is going to be network. How ironic that yeah. you use that turn of phrase. Regular scheduled program. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I've heard great things about network. It's on the AFI list. So we're going to double check off boxes for that one. Where it's not is on any streaming service for great. Mm. <laughs> it's Oof. like Amazon Prime to rent or buy and maybe like YouTube and Tubi perhaps. I don't know. All right. So uh, catch us on X at Close Screening or anywhere you got podcasts where you're listening to right now. Subscribe, follow, whatever you can do to do do it. But that's about it from us today. Anything else you got? Yeah, no, just answer the questions. Um, I, I guess I have to, you know, just because it is the 75th episode, um, I have not personally been a part of all 75, although I've been part of almost all 75 episodes. Um, it is a privilege and an honor to do this on a weekly basis. I cannot believe that we have submitted 75 episodes. That seems crazy. Uh, so thank you, audience members. Please spread the word. Um, I just had to acknowledge that because that is... Oh, that's that like an, an incredible feat. It, it's once we get to a to a hundred, that's when we'll start celebrating. All right. Well, uh, I think that's about it from us. Thanks for. Hopefully, we we got a lot of listeners that's listened to every episode up to seventy five, and seventy seven. Cheers to seventy five more. Right. That's right. Seventy five more.